Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. good to be sharing here tonight. This is probably like the second last time we'll ever be preaching at C3. Well, at C3, we'll be back preaching, of course, but as a member of C3 Tugra, uh, in about seven weeks, we'll be landing probably almost to the day uh, in Nairobi to start the adventure of the church. So it's happening. That's all happening. Um, Just want to give you a really quick summary. For those of you who haven't been at past services and don't know what exactly Vision Builders is trying to accomplish for the next 12 months. Our stewardship program, Vision Builders, has three aims for the next 12 months. There's a specific focus on uh, continuing to knock away the mortgage of the church for the building that we have. We want to see our kids' church facilities improved and added to. And thirdly, we want to see this church plant in Nairobi. Um, kick off strong and make a real difference in Kenya. And so we've heard a a bunch of things about uh, the facility and I'll recap some of those in a little while, but uh, for the first 15 minutes here, we're going to be looking at the church plant that we're about to uh, engage in. Six million people will talk a little bit about that, but set the scene, part of this is C3 Tugger, we've shared a lot of the vision of the church, but our unique vision here at C3 Tugger is part of a wider vision of C3 Church Global called the 2020 Vision. And the 2020 Vision for C3 Church Global is to see a thousand churches around the world with an average membership of 500 people by the year 2020. We're currently just under 400. Uh, Africa, we've just hit 100 C3 churches in Africa already. That's the second largest region of C3 uh, around the world, and we just came back, oh, I just came back from a conference there, and getting all our pastors together, stuff is happening with C3 Church all around the world, and I think for the sake of time, we might just not play that C3, that, sorry, Nath, for downloading that, but we'll just skip that <laughs> video, because, um, just to keep time yeah, going. definitely. Well, there is um, some new faces here tonight, and most of you have already heard the story of why we're actually going to Nairobi, but just to quickly recap give you a brief summary. Um, Why Africa for us? Why are we going to Africa? Why not America? Why not Dubai, which would be lovely? Why not Las Vegas? No, God's called us to Africa and we have the big solid yes on our heart to this calling. And um, it's been planted on my heart since I was seven. And um, I saw a compassion ad on TV and straight away I just started crying and I didn't know what was going on inside. And mum, being an amazing pastor and mother that she was, she came in and just prayed for me and said, I think I know what this is, but secretly freaking out, <laughs> knowing that one day there's, yeah, there's definitely a future in Africa for me. My dream was to marry an African man and have beautiful babies with this African man. Um, I found a white man, but he's got an Africa heart, which is awesome. <laughs> so it all worked out anyway. Well done, babe. Approved, affirmed. Thank you. The Lord knew. (laughs) And then Garth, for Garth, he, um, so pretty much he, you know, works at C3 College um, at Oxford Falls and he started going on some trips 
with um, Pastor Pat Ancliffe and doing some work over there. And he just knew, well, his first visit there, he just knew it was home. And you ask him, he's never really been at home in Australia. He goes for every other sporting, um, in sporting competitions, goes for every other country except Australia. Um, God just knew that there was something inside of him that was called for overseas. Uh, we went for our first trip together in 2013 um, as a married couple, our first year of marriage. And it was the weirdest feeling I've ever had in my life. I just, as soon as I got off the plane, I stood there and just the feeling of home fell upon me and I just went, we're home, babe. (laughs) It was the best feeling ever. And ever since then, you know, my house has felt like a hotel to me. It's been this weirdest transition of actually going, God has actually called both our hearts to Africa. So there's a little summary. But if you want to know more anyway, we do have our website. Um, We've got a blog going on there. There's videos on there to explain a lot of it too. Totally. Yeah. And so just so we'd share quickly, why another church in Nairobi? Why Nairobi? Why a church there? Um, Well, you see, we'll get a photo up there as well of Nairobi. And uh, you'll see it's a big, uh, rich city of regional influence in East Africa. It's a major hub for business and culture in the region and a continental hub for ministry as well. And so with the 2020 vision uh, well in play, we wanted to get a really strong, thriving church in this big city of Nairobi. Um, There's around 6 million people in Nairobi, Uh, could some say more, and this will be a really important church for our our movement there. Uh, The local leaders have have, been so welcomed by many of the local church pastors who have said, please come, there is much more work to do. There are many people around Although it's a Christian nation, and around 80% would identify as Christian, less than 20% are in church, and there is a really large gap between the professed Christianity and what that looks like in living out a lifestyle. And so there is plenty of work to do in seeing people come to Christ, get planted in the church, and then transformed in every area of their life. And C3 Church is a really, I think it's just, this city is prime for a C3 Church, a contemporary but spirit-filled church that is relevant and has so much culture that this generation needs will be a really uh, beneficial thing there. What do we hope to see? Uh, Our vision we've written down as being everyone, every individual, everyone living their best life in Christ. We want to see people just succeeding, living well uh, in every area of their life, and we'll do that as we fulfill our mission, making disciples that Jesus gave us. Uh, we believe that discipleship, as I said, has to happen on a holistic level on, in every area of our life, not just spiritual. And so we feel we have a mandate on our church to minister to every part of, this, of, of the spheres of people's lives. And so we'll be doing a whole lot of uh, outreach, both within the church and without, to see that people's lives are being transformed holistically. Um, pretty soon into it, we hope to establish a children's ministry of some description, and also, C3 in Africa is, is making it a huge priority to see uh, individuals empowered financially so that they are empowered to generate income, not relying on outside support and, you know, being given a, you know, a hand up, not a handout, if you've heard that said before. So we have a real heart to see holistic discipleship 
in people's lives. Absolutely. So just to um, do a little current status anyway of where we're up to now, obviously we are leaving in seven weeks, so we just want to show you what we're doing. So Garth and I have actually, um, we're going off a, a partnership program um, where we're actually saying to people, do you want to join your heart with ours? Yeah. Um, and the best way to do that is financially, but there's other ways too, and we'll go into that later. But just to give you an update, we've actually raised 60% of what is needed to make this happen. Mm. <laughs> um, Nairobi is a very expensive city. Wouldn't think it would be, but it is very expensive. And um, Garth will go into more of that later too. But for now, we have found an apartment. We'll show you some little pictures and we've signed off on our lease. It's happening. Yep. Mum, Dad, it's happening. We've signed off. That's our little veranda. <laughs> That's where babies are made. We'll oh. keep going. <laughs> That's a lovely better. kitchen where we're going to make plenty of good African food and have a lot of people in our home with little children. Totally. Yeah. We're Deposits paid, lease is signed. Yep. That's going to be home. Absolutely. So um, this week we're actually applying for our visas. Um, if anything, can we please ask a prayer for our visas? The devil is just having the biggest laughing stock over our visas right now. But we're like, no, we're going. We're, we're definitely going. It's going to be fine. So right now we're moving house. Um, thank you to Nathan and Meredith for providing us with a beautiful home. But we're moving back into my parents for a couple of weeks to save some funds. Mum and dad say <laughs> yes, and they're loving it. Um, and that's where we're up to right now. That's our current status. Yep. We're silently freaking out, but we're nah, so excited at the good. same time. <laughs> and so there's a bunch of ways that we are asking people to get uh, involved and partner with us. Yeah. Want to tell us a few of those? Definitely. So um, a couple of ways, definitely. So we've got prayer. Prayer, we wouldn't be going without prayer, obviously. Prayer is the most important thing. Please, if you, you know, have a daily little prayer thing that you do with your family, please involve us in those prayers. We, um, we need all the prayer that we can get. We all know that um, Africa is a very spiritual country too, so we do need a lot of covering, a lot of support. So please pray for us. Even come and tell us that you're praying for us. I think that would just even help us even more. Um, a visit. If you'd like to come for a visit, come along. We'll show you the city of Nairobi, save your little pennies. It's actually a great little um, place to bring the family um, to see some safaris and the big animals. It's awesome. We've also got um, the social media. You'll see that we, um, we're actually trying to go for the whole social media side of things over there um, with Facebook and our blog and everything. Share it around and um, make it famous on Facebook. But, yeah, there's, current, um, there's always updates and things happening on there. You want to go to the next part? Totally. So, obviously, the other wonderfully important thing is financial support, as Jamie mentioned. Uh, we are doing a partners program. As Jamie also mentioned, the price of uh, going to a, region, a city of regional influence is that that comes with a price tag and the expenses around a city of regional influence as well. Um, that apartment, uh, which is not extravagant, it won't be extravagant, but it's 400 Australian dollars a week. Um, some of you, just to get, be really practical about it for a moment, um, 50 bucks less a week gets you something significantly less. In fact, the landlady is a born-again Christian living in Melbourne, and she happened to come back the, a few weeks before I came and decide not to move back and said, Lord, we just commit this apartment into your hands, ask for the right people to come in there. Then we come through and go, that, I just go, that's it, Jamie, you'll love that place. And um, So she took it down from 480 a week to 400 a week for us. So... It's a, it's a good, 
good deal. It's a UN-approved place, so the security is, is solid and et cetera, et cetera. To be, again, really practical, just so you know the, the practicalities of the situation, the current exchange rates make it really difficult as well, the US dollar uh, being, you know, so high with the Australian. Um, every time you send money, there's transfer fees. Uh, whenever you send money, you don't get the advertised exchange rate. It's a commercial rate, so it's a lot lower than what, you know, you might hear on the news. Um, cars are, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're starting our house over from scratch and everything that we raise is going to go into the launch events for the church as well. And so we've currently got $520 a week coming in from partners. And for those of you who are already partnering with us, thank you so much. It's making a huge difference. From my, uh, some work that I'm doing, we'll have another 500 a week coming in. So that takes us to over $1,000 a week coming in. We're believing for 1500 a week, if not 1800 to make it not just okay, but really fruitful. And so that leaves us with about 420 a week. And actually that's not included, you know, there's a couple of churches um, that have so graciously, even this week said, hey, we want to support you with, you know, this a year. Um, I don't know if I should mention your names. Yeah, Christian McCartan in Noosa has been very kind and Andrew Gray in Mount Annan and a whole bunch of churches. So, you know, we, we know that this will happen. But we want to give you the opportunity to be a part of that as well. So your $5, dollars $20 a week will make a huge difference for us. We've had some great one-off gifts and they're so appreciated as well. But the thing that's going to make it really viable over the next 12 to 18 months is that small, continual contribution from our partners. So, um, so that's how you can partner with us. And you'll see on your pledge cards for Thursday night that you have two options. You can make a pledge for the mortgage payments of the facility and the kids' facilities, and then you can pledge separately for Nairobi. So our heart is that, well, I'll share in a sec about the uh, a plan that Luke and the pastors have come up with, but as you, you know, we'd love to see, I know our heart is we'd love to see this church, we need this church to be strong first or else the church plant isn't going to be too great. But then, you know, if after that you can contribute to us, that would be fantastic. And I'll just say on that note that everyone giving to us so far are giving to a whole bunch of things already. And Pastor Phil said that something earlier, the world of the generous gets bigger, the world of the stingy gets smaller. And that actually is biblical. Proverbs 11.24 says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. And so I just see, what I've noticed over the past few months is the, the generous are just generous, and, and God empowers them to be more generous. Like this one particular church pastor wanting to partner with us, he oversees a large church. He's got three campuses. He oversees 10 churches in his city, and he's just been appointed as one of our regional directors for C3 Church. Doing a whole bunch of things, but goes, you know, I heard your vision. I'm so into that. I'd love to support you. He, he doesn't do that because he has all these other things and all these big portfolios. I believe God entrusts him because he is generous on the inside, because one gives freely and grows all the richer. So that's how you can um, partner with us with Nairobi as well. Wife, you've been wonderful. You to Thank it. you. You've made things much better for me. Give her a big hand. Lisa, would you come and join me? Because I'm going into a bit of a zone now. We want to, we want to do a bit of prayer time, but I want to encourage you as well um, for this last part of Vision Builders and Better Together. 
Uh, so far, over the past couple of weeks, we have heard some really, truly incredible messages. Uh, Pastor Julie shared brilliantly last week about why churches, uh, Christians give to churches and why churches like to build buildings. She spoke about the individual, the one person, the, the lives that are transformed. And if you didn't hear that, let me tell you, you need to podcast that. Um, Pastor Phil has just been dropping bombs all over the place, like we, like that one that I just said before of the, the world of the generous compared to the stingy. And uh, I love that scripture, Pastor Phil, you shared earlier as well, 2 Corinthians 9.13 of uh, the obedience that accompanies your confession. Vision Builders isn't just talking about it, it's doing it. It's like the obedience going, yeah, I love God, I believe in His church, I love the community, and I'm putting it into action as well. This morning, with Pastor Luke Ronald Boyd, was out of this world. It was an incredible message. Uh, I don't think that message could have been preached better by anyone in the world. It was re- I, I don't say that lightly. It was a very, very good message. He spoke about how together, we're better together, and how he poured his basketball into it and all that sort of stuff, and how as we don't rely on the giving of you know, the few and the few rich, he's saying we all contribute. And, he can, and what we've heard over the past few weeks is that $28 a week from 100 people will cover the mortgage. $28 a week. How practical is that? It's just, that's a no-brainer. It's when you think about that, we've got over 100 adults in our church. And if everyone contributes $28 a week, you spend that much in coffee during the week. 28 bucks a week that we can cover the mortgage and then step out into places of, of other generosity as well. The thing that's on my heart this evening, just for the last 15 minutes, and I believe that this is, God has put this so strongly on my heart, I believe that if you are ready for a fresh impartation of faith tonight, that God will give it to your life. He wants me to talk about faith tonight. I believe God's talking, asking me to talk about faith. Because it's great to be practical and I love the practice, it's just, it's just so obvious. Like Luke's like, if you know, we do that, like, oh, of course, $28 a week. But it's not just a practical thing we're doing. Giving is not just a practical thing in the Christian world. It's a thing of faith. In fact, the Bible says anything that we do that is not of faith is sin. And that's full on, but everything that we do needs to be with a place of believing God. And so if you want to, be stirred with a bit of faith today. I want you to just close your eyes, just even just lift your hand to God. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would fill this place right now. God, we thank you. God, I thank you for this impartation you've put in my heart. I thank you for faith. I thank you, Lord, that you, it is your tool for us to believe things that we cannot see. It's, a, it's your tool to lay hold of the promises that you've given us. It's a tool for us to go past what we see in the natural and to push past every inner voice in our mind and on the inside of us and to see what you have called us to do. And so God, I pray right now that you would speak to us. God, that you would shift us. And that for every hungry heart here tonight, God, I'm praying a divine deposit of faith. God, that is not just gonna be for vision builders, but it's for other areas. God, we invite you, Holy Spirit, come right now. Be with us, speak to us. Jesus' name, amen. See, giving is not 
about giving. It's about many things. Although it practically accomplishes things, your giving in your life is not about giving. It's about faith. And I, I don't know a better way to ignite faith on the inside of my heart than to give to God sacrificially and in a, in a way that stretches and goes beyond what I can envisage and believe for in my natural self. See, at Presence recently, Pastor Phil Pringle got up and gave an offering message about the, the was it the lepers that said, one of them said, shall we just sit here and, until we die? I need to do something. And our, and our finances at that time, we didn't have even close to enough to even start this journey. And, and I felt like that was the cry of my heart. Should we sit here till we die? Are we really going to hold on and, and try and do this thing just by us holding on and save and all these things? I felt like God wanted, was challenging Jamie and I to give sacrificially, not to buy provision, but to put our place in, a fa- in our hearts in a place of bigness so that we put our little into the hands of God who could then open the doors for what lay ahead of us. And we did that. I just think it's such a freeing place. We gave every bit of savings that we had, not people that had given for a specific purpose, but savings that we had, we just gave it. And I tell you what, it's not, it's not a transaction of finance and finance. It's a, tra- it's a transaction of faith and faith. See, when I, when I step out like that, the thing that holds me back and causes me to think small and I put it into the hands of God, all of a sudden, it's not about getting finances back. It's about getting faith back. It puts me in a place where I can believe bigger, where I'm not limited by my thinking, and I can believe God. And this is what I believe God is saying to people in our church, that this vision builders, I believe there's people here that this is a stretch for you. And that's good because God doesn't want token gestures. 28 bucks a month, there we go, easy, done. A week, there we go, easy. For me, that's not faith. If, I, if I'm saying that, for me, that wouldn't be a faith stretch. If it is for you, fantastic. That's, fa- that's so good. But for me, that's not faith. Vision build, there's people here, but that are going to be stretched to give that $28. There's people here who are stretched. You're, God's asking you to give something more and you're going, oh, that's difficult. That's a stretch. But I believe that it's that that is going to bring shifts in other parts of your world that you need breakthrough in. Let me clarify, you are not buying breakthrough from God. It doesn't work like that. That is some culty, weird thing that doesn't happen. Some you are, What you are doing is you are engaging in a transaction of faith. You're saying, God, as I step out into a place that I don't feel like I can touch the bottom, I'm, I'm swimming in a place that is bigger than what I can experience right now, that you are going to place a deposit of faith on the inside of me that is going to see a shift and a breakthrough in these other areas of my life. And we're going to pray for that in around five minutes. But let me tell you this, that the, the, the shift of faith comes from your mind. We need to change the way we think. I don't know about you, but it is a daily challenge to live in a place where your mind is full of faith. Mostly, the natural things that come up on the inside of you are fear, doubt, and anxiety. They are the things that, that dominate your thoughts. And unless you launch a full assault on those thoughts, they will dominate your thinking and then they will dominate your behaviors. 
If you want to know, I don't know. Let me tell you. Here's the language that goes on inside your head if you're living in those places. The first phrase is this, what if? What if? Moses said, when God said, go and tell my people I've called you, he said, what if they don't listen? That's the voice of fear. What if? If you're thinking, what ifs, and you're, what if this, what if, my, what if I give and this, what if this report comes back bad? What if, what if this happens in my life? And if that's dominating your thinking, you're not living in faith. My answer to what if these days has now shifted just in the past week. My answer now, instead of trying to figure it all out, is, well, who cares? Because all that matters is the promises of God and what He has said will come to pass in my life. I don't care if that comes back negative. I don't care if this lack seems to be there. Because God has said promises over my life. And so what if? I don't care. Who cares what if? What? Who cares what if this negative thing's happened in my world? Because God has said these things shall come to pass. That's why you need your Bible. That's why you need to write down your prophecies. This is why you need to, to understand the promises that God has spoken to your life. That's why I gave our great friend Sarah a Bible today who gave her life to the Lord during the week. And sorry to embarrass you, Sarah. We can deal with that later. Because if you don't understand the promises God has spoken on your life, what do you hold on to? The circumstances, that's all you have to hold on to. This is what's happening. What if, who cares? What if, who cares? Second thing that's going on on the inside of you if you're not in faith is this, but, but, The people of Israel in Numbers 13, they said, yep, God's right. The land is plentiful, but the opposition's great. If you're saying, but, God, God, yeah, God's calling me to give $100 a week, but I don't know how I'm going to do that. It's not faith. God's calling me to do this, but it looks a bit too hard. It's not faith. As soon as there's a but, you know you're not in the full faith that God has called you to be in. And the second one is this. Uh, let me just turn to that, is this, how can I, how can I, is the other voice of doubt, fear, and anxiety in your life. How can I, Gideon, Judges 6, God, Gideon, go and deliver my people. How can I? If you're asking yourself, how can I? How can I give this that you're asking God? How can I go and plant this church? How can I go and start this business? How can I run this connect group? You're not living in faith. Those are the inner voices that will battle you and assault you every single day of your life. Well, at least they do me anyway. I don't give this message from a place of strength. I give it from a place of brokenness because these are the daily battles that I face, trying to shut down the what ifs, the buts, and the how can I's. To fight, to live in a place of faith on the inside. Why don't we just read one scripture and then we'll pray for some people. You know, the Bible says you're more than a conqueror. You can't be a conqueror if you've got nothing to conquer. What are you conquering? Nothing. Life's great. Oh, you're a great conqueror. You're an overcomer. How can you overcome if there's nothing to overcome? The Bible says the overwhelming victory is yours. How can you have victory if there's nothing to have victory against? Let's read Romans 4, 16 to 21 just the story of Abraham. Oh, thank goodness for people like Abraham that we can look to and go, oh, because your circumstances, who cares? 
Let's have a look. This is, that is why faith, actually, what version do we have here? ESV. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. I love it that God said that before he had any offspring. I have, it's already done. I've done it. You are a father of many nations. You do have provision. You are victorious in that situation. What, it hasn't happened yet, Lord, uh, Garth, Lord, Garth. Doesn't matter, God said it. Uh, In the presence of God, whom he believed, who gives life to the dead. You know, God gives life to the dead. Whatever is dead in your life, it doesn't mean it has to stay that way. God can give life to it and calls into existence things that do not exist. Your dream doesn't exist yet? Who cares? It will because God calls things into existence that don't exist yet. Next. In hope, he believed against hope. I don't care how hopeless your situation is right now because Abraham, in hope, in, uh, against hope, hoped that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was a hundred. And when he considered the barrenness of Sarah, he's a hundred, she's barren, you're still going to have a child. He did not worry. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Lastly, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Fully convinced. That's why you need to know what God promised. For me, we had, Jamie and I had a word yesterday on Friday that they said, the future is, a, is God's promise to you. The future. That's Africa. It's everything that he's going to do through our lives. It's his promise. So when something comes that makes you go, well, that's a bit of a challenge. I can hold on to that promise. If I was going to get a, another tattoo, I just got my little mean one throughout the week, I'd get what David Livingston, the David Livingston, not our friend from Uganda said, he said, I am immortal until my work is done. I'd get that on me because that's a revelation for me. I am immortal until my work for God is done. That's a promise for me. But, but, but when trial, like without that to hold on to, things are difficult. Things are hard. God will supply all my needs. But if I look at the natural, it's not happening. Doesn't matter. So what? God said, You'll supply all your needs. So why don't we just stand up and I'm going to believe that with you tonight. Colin, this is not insignificant what God is doing through our church in Vision Builders. I'm believing that our church is going to be blessed and our church is going into a new day. But I know there are people here who need something to shift in your world. And we're going to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just close our eyes and pray. Thank God. God, we thank you. God, you're so good. God, we thank you for your gift of faith. Don't have to look at things in the natural. We don't have to think what if. We don't have to think but. We don't have to think how can I. But God, we can believe the promises that you have spoken to us. And we thank you for every promise you've spoken to us, Lord. We thank you for our promise of forgiveness and salvation. Our promise of access to you. God, our promise of, of, uh, of provision. Thank you that the Bible says over and over, do not fear, do not worry, do not be anxious. And it says, have faith in God.
God, we thank you that we can't do it, but you can. We're in you, you're in us. And I thank you that there's a gift of faith that you want to deposit into people's lives. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's face.